welcome to Dental Appointment, a podcast by two dental students aiming to give you an insight into the world of dentistry. We will be discussing all things dental related, from dental applications to life as a dental student. We will also provide you with an insight into our own experiences, as well as talking to other members of the profession about a range of different topics to get their views and learn about the different opportunities after dental school. My name is Ryan. And I'm Becky. And this is Dental Appointment. In today's episode, we are joined by Megan Mason, a BDS5 student from the University of Glasgow. Thank you for joining us today, Megan. No, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks again, Megan, for joining us and taking time out of your week to come speak to us. I know, it just happened to be the the sunniest day of tall in Glasgow, so (laughs) uh, it's ideal, but I'll get out in the sun later, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's even worse because they're a reality. I know, I know. So just to jump into things, um, is there anything that sets... Uh, Glasgow Dental School apart from the rest? Uh, I think it's going to be one of these really common things that everyone says about their uni but for Glasgow for me it's like the community feel that we've got um, throughout not only the students but the staff members as well. Um, I feel like so I came from straight from school to uni and it's one of those ones that you've kind of almost forgotten how to make friends at one point so you're coming <laughs> you're starting this brand new year and you're going to be spending all these years with these new people and I think that the moment that I started uni I felt so welcome I think that a lot mm-hmm. of other students do feel that way as well regardless of whatever walk of life you've came from um, mm-hmm. whether that be postgrads or other people from um, different countries around the world so I definitely say that there's that kind of family or friendship vibes from it, mm. definitely. That's really nice that you've sort of identified that. And like you say, it is, it is a strange concept, sort of starting university and having to put yourself out there again, which yeah, yeah um, is something you don't do until, well, until you go to uni, I suppose. Exactly. Um, would you be able to give us a breakdown of the course structure at Glasgow? Yeah, um, so starting off um, in first year, everything's really really heavy around lectures Um, you get a lot of lectures and it seems to the point where you feel that you're you're going to have all these lectures for the rest of your life but you do get a wee tiny bit of clinical experience in first year and more so just through shadowing other students or um, practicing impressions on each other or doing charting on each other and different things like that which is good it just gives you a little bit of taste of it um and then when you get on to like the, the other years you start doing like your, your operative techniques or optic that we call it which is on the phantom heads etc mm-hmm. and you the moment that you pick up that handpiece and you think i'm never going to be able to drill a cavity because i'm absolutely rotten at it <laughs> um but second year and third year that's what that's all about is just building up like your your manual dexterity and whatnot um we also have like anatomy classes as well from first year um to third year and um, from then on in, basically third year onwards is mostly practical, um, which is good because then you're like, right, okay, this is what I was here to do. I'm here to see patients. I'm here to talk to people. Um, but we also do a lot of um, like team-based learning in Glasgow, um, whether that's like through communication workshops where we're acting out scenarios and trying to trip people up and try to figure out like how to um, deal with really difficult patients or difficult staff members, et cetera, which is always a good laugh. Um, and even other things we have certain labs to do with like histology and dental material science all that kind of stuff so there's there's a good breakdown between working on your own and working in teams also mm-hmm. so it sounds like it's a kind of con- traditional way of teaching the course would you say yeah i definitely would there are a couple of things that are a bit out there that people have started to do in these workshops and we've started to do 
basic assignments where you'd work in a team, create a PowerPoint presentation, those different kind of things. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is quite a traditional way, which I think, obviously, I don't know any other way. So for us, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can imagine going through different unis, there'd be, there'd be so many, a variety of different ways to get to mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in terms of the kind of earlier years, you say that that's a lot of kind of lectures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you still do clinical work in those years, maybe on the phantom heads and things like that? When does that come into play? Yeah, so I think first year mainly is just, and when I say assisting people, I mean basically watching someone else assist somebody. <laughs> uh, and first year, I think it's one of those ones that for, for the way that I'd seen it anyway, no one wanted to throw the first year straight away in at the deep end and getting to sit and chart for fourth or fifth years that they don't have any idea what they're doing. Um, but we did, we had, I remember this so vividly in first year, we got given um, like a block of wax and we had to create a tooth out of it. And these should, the, some of the the models that came away from after this, it was nothing, nothing looked like a tooth. And if anything <laughs> did look like a tooth, someone must have spent a long time on it. But it's just many, many things like that, just to work on your manual dexterity and actually make you feel like you're, you are going to get there. It just takes a wee while to get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important thing to highlight as well, because I think people applying to uni do get so caught up, like, oh, I need to have these skills before I go. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, you're going to be developing them when you are at uni. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's a very good point, actually. Um, do you guys have the opportunity to do, like, an outreach programme at Glasgow? Yeah, so we start um, a kind of mini um, paediatric outreach programme as of third year. Um, so that's going out to um, paediatric clinics just outside of Glasgow once or once a week or once a month um, just to get to know um, the way around to deal with paediatrics. And it's quite a good like one-on-one session with a clinician. Mm-hmm. Um, and that continues through fourth year and fifth year. But then when you get into final year, um our year essentially gets split down the middle. So half of the fifth years will be in a dental hospital while the other half are in an outreach clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just switch about every other week. So um, we've got clinics all the way from, from Coatbridge to Falkirk. Um, mm-hmm. So we're kind of widespread just around the central belt. Um, but yeah, most of that just takes, uh, takes place in fifth year, which is when you need it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's the, the right time. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you're getting quite a lot of experience with all like these sort of different places as well with like different diversity of patients and things like 100%, that. hundred percent. That's exactly what it is. And I think that a lot of specifically the paediatric outreach placements are in quite deprived areas in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. So it's not your run of the mill average do an appointment, check up, all the kids' teeth are fine. It's There's a lot going on and it does show you that it, it kind of makes you stop and think like there is like this kind of deprivation in scotland and that how much that affects um teeth not only in kids but in adults as well Uh yeah so that's an eye-opener yeah definitely yeah a big learning curve for you definitely Mm -hmm. so that's very much kind of in the final year and just to kind of go back a little when is it that you would see your first patient at glasgow um, so we see our first patients at the end of second year. Okay. Um, so our summers are, as I imagine, throughout most of the unis are quite short. Mm-hmm. So we finish in May after our exams, do like another week in June, and then come back at the end of July. Mm-hmm. So in that end of July to September, you're still technically second year. So that's when we start seeing our first patient. And it's majority of the time it's a fresh brand new patient for us which is good Um, you're not starting continuing on someone else's work you are starting from scratch um, and then you continue with that patient again just until their course of treatment's done 
Um, and then third year onwards, that's when you're you're in seeing patients once, twice a week, and then it just builds from there. Mm-hmm. And what would you say the clinical facilities are like? Uh, I think the, the dental hospital, it, it, it looks um, interesting from the outside, but it's actually a really good building on the inside. <laughs> um, so there's about nine levels um i'm thinking so starting from the bottom you've got the a e clinic which you only really get into when you're in your final year um the next level level two has got our optic so where all the phantom heads are and like the cross labs and different things like that and that's where our lecture theaters are as well mm-hmm. um level three is like radiology oral surgery and um, which you get your your stint in through third year all the way to fifth year as well um then Level four of oral med um, in the library as well. It's not the biggest of libraries, but it does have everything that you need in it. So it's quite handy, especially when you're on site. And then we've got level five, which is get peds and ortho on the same floor together. Um, level six is like what we call our main clinic, um, which is essentially where you you start off seeing your patients there. It's all changed now because of COVID and we've got the pods in, but it's a big open plan clinic that you do anything from denture work to uh, root canal treatments. Um, we do also have like specific clinics for those things, but that's kind of for the, I'd say more difficult cases with like prostodontic specialists, mm-hmm. endodontic specialists, and different things like that. Um, but your majority of time will be spent on the main clinic, um, on level six, and then up the up the floors after that, we've got the perio and the endo clinics, and then we've got another multimedia suite, which is where we do like a lot of our tooth morphology, histology, different things like that, different group work activities and stuff. So. It's um, it's a really big building, a lot of stairs to climb. (laughs) And it sounds like you have all of your teaching in the one building, is that right to say? Um, More often than not, we do venture over to the main campus from time to time, um, especially in first year to third year. So anatomy um, is all done over on the main campus in the um, anatomy building. So that is, um, I think, probably like a 20 minute walk from the dental hospital. It's not too bad. we also used to have a lot of things like to do with um, the cardiovascular system, breathing systems, all that kind of stuff. The basics when you're in first year. So mm-hmm. we were kind of split between main campus and there, but from like third year onwards after your anatomy exam, you're in the dental hospital for good. Mm-hmm. That's quite good to know for those that are sort of thinking of accommodation and things uh-huh. like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So whether I know a lot of students particularly do stay in the West End where the, the main campus is, that's where I stay myself. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's everything's so easy to get to from Mm -hmm. from whatever you stay really yeah that's handy to know and to sort of move on away from like the facilities in the dental hospital um to more like the exams that you guys sit could you give us like an insight into what style that glasgow adapts yeah um so starting from first year you get um uh an MCQ in December so that's like your first ever exam and really it's almost the way that their teachers describe it as like a scaremongering tactic to make you realize that okay this is uni this is what you're going to have to do you need to get your your bumming gear really Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's um just a 100 question MCQ and that happens in December it's 10% of your final grade but then you get another MCQ an MSA and like a mini OSCE in first year um which is not like it's not a proper traditional OSCE because there isn't any real clinical scenarios in it because you've not been taught that stuff yet but um it's a lot to do with histology communication um sharps injuries all that kind of just many things that just prepare you for the rest of Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. um 
second year is kind of the same. You've got an MCQ, an OSCE, and an MSA. Um, third year, you've got um, your anatomy exam in December, um, which is your final December exam, which is great. Um, so once that's over and done with, you've got no more December exams. Um, and then again, following the same train, you've got multiple choice questions, you've got um, multiple short answers, and you've got an OSCE again. Um, but then it kind of changes up in fourth year. So we split our um, final exams over fourth and fifth year. Mm-hmm. So fourth year is um, just your written exams, which are two um, papers, 20 questions each, um, from what I remember. And then you've also got your case presentation, um, which is essentially when you're um, treating patients, you find a patient's got a really good case and they've got kind of three specialty subjects that they need work with. So say oral surgery, if they need an extraction, restorative, if they need a filling and pros, if they need a denture. And you basically come up with a treatment plan for that. It's a treatment plan and exam, exam basically. And you present it um, in just the way that you would treat the patient and then get marked on that. And then you also have our elective, um, which I can talk a wee bit more about in a minute. And final year is like your final year OSCE. So it's um, two days of an OSCE. Um, some stations are longer than others. And it's quite a nice way to kind of finish off your course because it's all about the practical and that's what you're going to be doing when you graduate as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm quite happy the way that I know that so many other unis do it differently. But I think that having those written, because it's such a big thing, having it split over the two years is a really good way to go. Mm-hmm. I think it almost kind of lifts the burden a wee bit than cramming it all into the final year. Exactly. Because your the OSCE is so differently from the written exams anyway, especially written exams, it's almost more like a like a memory test more than anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Whereas so once you've got that all out of the way, like the knowledge will stay with you, but it's more the kind of practical stuff and the everyday stuff that's going to be on the OSCE that you're going to need to be focusing on. So mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. all about well applying your knowledge, isn't it? Like yeah. that's and I think a lot of universities are moving towards that sort of style of exams from what we've gathered from other from yeah. interviewing other people as well yeah and you mentioned there about um electives would you be able to um tell us a little bit more about that yeah so unfortunately because of covid our elective didn't really happen the way that we wanted it to mm-hmm. um so we usually use like our elective period to go traveling um picking a subject so for example mine's was um to do with peds and I was meant to be going over to Australia and New Zealand and Fiji for like six weeks um, and travelling and seeing how paediatric dentistry differed between those places in Scotland. Um, but then COVID came and I didn't get to go, which um, is really upsetting, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So Glasgow then decided to do more of like a poster presentation um, where you would pick a subject kind of look into it, do all your papers, do all your research, and then just present it again. We had to do that over Zoom, which was a bit weird. Um, I don't know how how different it would be to to the real thing because they used to present it in person mm-hmm. um, rather than on Zoom. So obviously that differ. I'm, I'm hoping that for the years to come, they do get that opportunity to go and travel and do things elsewhere because it would have been so much fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That is what it is. Do you think it's something that you'll do, like organise yourself in the future? I'd like to think so. Whether whether it means just going on holiday for six weeks or whether <laughs> it means um, <laughs> actually doing some research, I'm not too sure. I think uh-huh. that um, it completely depends on your topic as well and where you want to take it. I'm not going to lie, I based mine on, based on the fact that I was going to Australia rather than 
letting the topic decide where I was going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that there are so many other students that have picked the place they were going based on their topic that they were doing. So right. mm-hmm. it does differ between everyone, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And is research something that Glasgow like encourages from you guys as students? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I've not done it myself, but there is a lot of people that have done intercalated degrees or that have went off to take a gap from dentistry for the year due to COVID and do PhDs and different things like that. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them are dental related. So um, it is one of these things that there's so many of our clinicians as well that do research themselves. So if they can find someone, a student, and get their student perspective on it to help with that research, then it's definitely something they'd be interested in. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Just to move on kind of away from the dental school and more about the kind of student life at Glasgow. What is Glasgow like as a city? Um, so I'm really biased because I'm from just outside of Glasgow. So I've, I've been in Glasgow the majority of my life, but um, it's a brilliant place. It's It's got everything that you could ever want. It's got great culture. It's got great places to go see art, see music. Um, you're like never fa- more than five minutes away from a good restaurant or a pub. And for students, obviously, that's what the majority of it's all about. So even based on where the dental hospital is, it's in the, the, the middle of the city centre. So if you've had a hard day at uni, you can go straight out for dinner and a couple of drinks. It's not hard to come by. <laughs> um, but I think as well, like Glasgow is just one of those places that if you've lived there for so long, you just become like used to the culture. And I think that's what a lot of people like get to experience when they do, like if they are students here from, from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there are so many students that have came from other countries that then live in Glasgow for the rest of their days or do their, their VT or their DFT in Glasgow. So it's obviously got something to say for itself. Yeah, absolutely. Glasgow is a lovely city. Yeah. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you, you did mention earlier that the dental school is 20 minutes from the main campus. So uh-huh. it's right in saying the main campus is in the West End and the yeah. dental school is in like pretty much the city centre. Is that right? Yeah, it's from any train station. The closest one being probably Glasgow Central. It's like a 15 minute walk. Mm-hmm. So regardless of if there's students that are planning on staying at home and they already live around about Glasgow, you, you're not far to walk from there or even from the West End from where I am just now. Mm-hmm. It's like a 10, 15 minute walk. So it's not far from anything to be honest mm-hmm. Grand. and you mentioned that you stay in the west end and mm-hmm. what would you say glasgow is like in terms of cost of living i definitely don't think it's the most expensive place um i've got friends in other cities like edinburgh st andrews and different places like that and i hear the price of their rent and i'm like oh my goodness <laughs> i couldn't imagine paying that much but like for example any any of the flats that i've lived in i've never paid over 500 pounds including like my bills so mm-hmm. wi-fi electric gas all that kind of stuff um so it's definitely not it depends on what you're looking for as well if you're looking for a really really nice flat you're going to pay a little bit more for it but mm-hmm. if you're happy living the student life in a really cold <laughs> and drafty tenement flat then you won't be paying that much <laughs> yeah that's good to hear though like considering it's like um you know, it's quite close to the city centre as well. Uh-huh. West End's a nice place to be as well. Yeah, yeah, oh no, definitely. It's um it's not it's even like for for days out, nights out, it's not the most expensive place. So mm-hmm. it's a good one if you're if you're a student on a budget. Mm-hmm. And with regards to like financially supporting yourself and things like that, is there time within the timetable to have a job if somebody wanted to? 
Yeah, that, that definitely changes throughout the course, throughout your years. Um, obviously, as the, the higher up the years you get, the less time you're going to have because you're in clinic a lot more. Mm-hmm. But, for example, like I've had a job the entire time that I've been at uni. Um, so I, I managed to find times, whether that's at the weekend or whether it is a couple of shifts during the week. It's, um, it's not especially when you're in first or second year it's not the busiest course as much as it is a full-time course it's not every day nine to five so it is good and I think that for any students that are looking to come to Glasgow and are looking for a part-time job I just I'd recommend it it's like a a social thing more than anything Uh because dentistry can't be your life until it is your life so while you're a student you might as well go out there and get some new because it's all about experience at the end of the day Uh and regardless of what job you're, you're in you're going to be getting some form of like communication training so it's a, it's a really good one to have mm-hmm. yeah that's a very good way of putting it yeah I think you did say it quite well there that dentistry can consume you quite easily mm-hmm. so it yeah. is quite nice to have that wee bit of an escape and go meet other people that have nothing to do with dentistry at work exactly because <laughs> yeah don't get me wrong I, the, the girls that I live with they're all dental students and I love them to bits but it does get to a point where you're like right I cannot be bothered talking about teeth anymore <laughs> <laughs> I need to go and talk to someone that doesn't involve teeth but then yeah. I, you guys will be the same like wherever you go you'll have someone saying oh could you look at my tooth for me yeah. or, my mum's my denture doesn't fit anymore it's just like you can't really escape it but you can try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> um, taking you back to when you applied, Megan, mm-hmm. would you be able to describe the application process for Glasgow and if it differed in any way? Um, yeah, so when when I was applying, I only applied for Glasgow and Dundee. Um, and I found that the interview, the application process was, was similar for both of them. It was pretty straightforward. And I was actually quite fortunate that I don't know if any of you guys have heard of the REACH programme that was involved in schools around um, Scotland. Uh-huh, so, okay. yeah, so I was part of that, um, which they were so helpful in helping with everything from a personal statement to the actual application process to getting me in touch with, like, other dental students that had been there before me. Um, so that that did really help me. Um, even the, the interviews for me, both of Glasgow and Dundee were um, MMI, so mm. multiple money interviews. And it sounds sad, but I quite like that style of interviewing. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a good way to, if you mess up on one station, you've got a brand new door in front of you and you're starting mm-hmm. from scratch. And it, it put me at easy bit because as much as I didn't apply to any other unis that would have like a panel interview as such, I knew that I would instantly be a bit more panicked if I'd said the wrong thing. And they were all sitting in front of me and I was like, oh, God, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but if you said something wrong in one room, you always had the next station or the next room to move on and clear your head. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I find that I wouldn't say enjoyable. Enjoyable is probably not the word. Stressful is <laughs> definitely the word for it. But um, I think that it was a, a pretty fair application and interview process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good to hear that you had that experience and you quite enjoyed the MMI. Yeah. And just to kind of touch back just for those that are listening the the reach program that you're talking about could you maybe just explain that a little bit more yeah uh uh-huh. so the reach program basically gets in contact with schools that are maybe not in the best of areas in scotland um mm-hmm. so schools that particularly don't have the best um grades and higher outcomes that other schools in scotland so they would come into our school they would essentially in a nice way target the, the students that were getting good grades and if they thought that you were had the potential to do either dentistry, medicine, vet medicine or law, 
then they would help you with that process because obviously in these kind of more deprived schools the focus does go to the kids that need a bit more extra support rather than the ones that are doing all right anyway Mm -hmm. or anyway that's what it felt like in my school um but it was just a good way they would they came in from like third year onwards and helped you with um your um, exam prep or helped you with the um, uk cat and different things like that so for example if i when i sat my uk cat i had the most horrendous score ever i came out crying i was destined that i wasn't going to get into uni and um being a part of the reach program does help you um with the uk cat as well so and saying that if you didn't do too well in your uk cat score then they could help almost bump it up for you so you had a fairer chance mm-hmm. um of getting into the course and i'd in all honesty, I don't believe that I'd be on the course just now if it wasn't for the REACH programme, so I'm really mm-hmm. grateful to them for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so if, you, if you've got any chance of getting involved in that with your school, I'd recommend it. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And we'll, we'll try and find information and link that in the bio yeah. as well mm-hmm. for yeah, those that are listening. Um, but, yeah, that's really good information there, Megan. Thank you. No at all. And for you then, um, what would you say the best thing has been um, in attending Glasgow for the past um a few years of your life yeah no it should have been five but now it's <laughs> yeah. six, um I think the best thing for me has got to be as I mentioned before like the kind of community and family feel about the course um we have such an amazing group of people that run social events throughout the year and um that is like a great way to not only get to know people in your own year but people in the years above you and below you and those are the people that really help you actually get through the course um because the people that are above you they give you all their wisdom and then the people that are below you you get to like unload your wisdom onto them so it's a great way of getting to know people and not in a dental environment as well um Mm -hmm. and you get to let loose like I think that a lot of people think that dentistry's got to be this really hard and strict and everything's going to be so stressful but when you have these like moments of relief it's it's just a great way to actually enjoy yourself so (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I would have gotten through the past five slash six years if it wasn't for having these events and having the, this time to like blow blow off some steam. So that's yeah, been great. definitely. You're you're the president of the society now, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. Um. So two years running. Um. Obviously, <laughs> should have been just the one year, but I'm happy to take it on for another year. It's we've got so much planned for the year ahead, which is great, and I can't wait to see what the committee actually come up with this year. It's going to be fantastic. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's good that yeah. you're getting another opportunity to actually have those events. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I know the heartbreak of putting on like as much because we did try to do stuff last year. We did some Zoom events and they were good. We raised a bit of money, but there's no, it's nowhere near the real yeah. thing. Yeah, it's um, not the same. Yeah, so, yeah. we were the same. So yeah, I know. Kind of awful, <laughs> awful, absolutely awful. And just finally, do you have any advice for those that are aspiring to apply to dentistry? Yeah, so for for specifically for Glasgow, I think that a lot of people when they're going to uni, they don't want to apply to somewhere that's on their doorstep. So for people that are in Glasgow that want to apply to dentistry, don't worry about not feeling like you're going to get that full uni experience from being at home the whole time. You can all like like me, like I live twenty minutes down the road, but I still moved out. Um, and I think that there's always going to be opportunities for that because the as we said we are so tight knit and you're going to find friends that you're going to want to live with 100% but even from students from further afield like I've never met a group of people 
that are more inviting in my life um, from people that come from all walks of life, as I say, postgraduate students, students from um, down south, from other places in the UK or students from further afield. It's a really welcoming environment and the course itself is is great and it's actually a lot of fun. So you'd be as well just applying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's good advice. Just go for it. Just yeah, go for definitely. it. Just yeah. go for it. <laughs> so... I think that does bring us to the end of this episode today. Um, and thanks again, Megan, for joining us. You've taught us a lot about Glasgow and what the dental school has to offer, as well as yeah. how, how good a city Glasgow is. Yeah, exactly. If you're ever around, you know where to find me. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for having yeah. me, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. We are really enjoying making these episodes and we hope you have found them interesting and learned a little more about dentistry. And you can follow us on Instagram at dental underscore appointment to keep up to date with us. Until our next episode. Bye. Bye.